in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Hello and welcome to The Gentleman Podcast. <laughs> I am Brian McKinney. I'm seeing to the left of the majestic Glenn wow. Stansberry. Is it always with an M? What? The, the, the words? You no. You just... I, I just pick out words that describe you, Glenn. <laughs> you know? So, you have the bald eagle. Yeah. And it's soaring in the, you know... Mount Rushmore. Uh, yeah. And you have me. Yeah, I have Clydesdales. <laughs> Clydesdales! <laughs> and then you get Glenn Stansbury. You okay. know, Budweiser got rid of their whole Clydesdale thing. I think maybe, Glenn, they should call you up and have you be the... Hey, what's the guy? Uh, the guy he uh, he looks like Jack Black. Yeah, uh, what's we he need doing a new face. Days? New face for. I'd do it. Yeah, well, Shoot. me too. Yeah, it's better than this gig, right, Glenn? Speaking of, well, yeah, this this. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Well, anyway, uh, so funny story. My sister went to the Budweiser factory. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it was probably ten years ago. Okay, and she toured the. Toward the stables, with mm-hmm. Clydesdales and everything, mm-hmm. and they have uh, the Budweiser dog. I can't remember his name, Spot or something goofy like that. Okay. Anyway, um, as she's looking at the horses, the dog came over and whizzed on her leg. <laughs> really? I'm serious. Oh, is this like uh, was this like Spuds McKenzie or something like that? The actual uh, the- like they'll have commercial uh, the actual Budweiser dog. It's like a mascot. <laughs> I they went over it's Spuds McKenzie, right? They marked guy? my sister. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't... So that's who Spuds McKenzie is. Wait, 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 wait. I'm serious. Okay, the Budweiser dog. Never mind. I think Bud... No? It is Spuds McKenzie. I don't know, man. Okay, so Spuds McKenzie... Wow. So Spuds McKenzie whizzed on your... Brush with greatness. Wow. More than a brush, I think. When you're... Man, I'm starting to get nervous now because I'm sitting next to hey, you know, somebody that That's has... my sister. Yeah. Right? Wow. She, uh... She got whizzed on by spuds. I see. So, okay. Well. It kind of made it for an uncomfortable rest of the tour. Speaking of uncomfortable tours. Right. Uh, Glenn and I are co-founders of a site <laughs> called gentleman.com. Uh, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Uh, kind of like having the Budweiser dog whiz on you during the Budweiser kinda tour. Kind of like our transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so... Anyway, we're creators of this site called Dunamit.com. It's a site for manly things. Uh, internet plus manly equals mm-hmm. greatness, mm-hmm. and that's what gentleman is. Yeah. It's internet greatness. It's a call to greatness. It is a call to greatness, and we want you to answer that call. Answer it. Pick and up the pick phone. Pick up the phone and start calling us. We can't give you our number. We have but we have uh, we have uh, people standing by. We do. We have operators standing by. Yeah, ready to take your calls. Yeah. Hurry. Uh, hurry. <laughs> this is a limited time offer. But wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you if you call us right now, mm-hmm. not only will you get Gentleman, you'll also... Count. Yes. But in addition to Gentleman, you'll also get a free, 100% free podcast. Gentleman.com. Whoa, 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 Brian. We That's can't just right. give that away. It's hot. We're going to we're gonna throw it in. You know, we shouldn't be doing this. But it's a limited time offer. We shouldn't be doing if this. You, if you... Yeah, we should not be doing this. If you call now, you'll get the podcast 100% free. Man. That's like two for the price of one, Glenn. That's a heck of a deal. And that's... You know, we also have that guarantee, mm-hmm. right? That, the podcast guarantee. The iTunes podcast guarantee. That means that Apple will refund your time mm-hmm. if you dislike the podcast. Mm-hmm. Which... Probably it's very generous. Of they're them. probably gonna. We're probably gonna get a call from the CEO saying, "Stop making this podcast. It's hey, costing us all kinds." Hey guys, of time. it's Tim. Yeah. Um, Lots of complaints about the podcast. If you could just stop talking. Yes, that'd be fantastic. Well, that'd be like a lot of people that um, deal with us on a daily basis. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, we're no strangers to that. Anyway, the point is, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can do so. By going to gentleman.com, by going to podcast.gentleman.com, there at podcast.gentleman.com, you mm-hmm. can follow along with the episode, you mm-hmm. can see the links we're going to talk about during this episode, you yep. can see the, the recipe for the drink that we're going to be drinking during this yep. episode, you can... Uh, dating advice? Dating advice, you can look at some funny pictures. Horoscopes. Yeah, you can listen to past episodes of the pod, Gentleman Podcast. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but... Comics? If, yeah. 
if, if you if you are so inclined, you can listen to past episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at howdy at gentleman.com. But, Glenn, mm. we're big fans of the post office. We are. I we went there today, support, actually. Yeah, you know, when you support the post office, you're supporting America. You are. And you're a proud American by sending letters to the Gentleman Podcast. Uh, <laughs> Gentleman co-founders, P.O. Box four four two three zero five Lawrence, Kansas 66044. And we will answer the call. We will return... Uh, your letter um, will give you gentlemen and then throw in the podcast for free. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a heck of a deal. It is a heck Where of a deal. Where can you find... Limited time only yeah. for the next 60 minutes. Right. Um, there should be a number blinking on your screen now. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, get in touch with us if you want. If you have any questions, suggestions, uh, good thoughts, bad thoughts, uh, everything. Good thoughts, bad thoughts. Leave the bad thoughts to yourself. <laughs> Actually, let's just let's call it right there. If they're good thoughts, send them our mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, <laughs> let's get started with the drink of the week, Please, Glenn. please. Uh, um, okay, so Glenn, we, you know, we had a, a good friend of ours, a user of Gentleman.com, sent in mm-hmm. um, an idea for the drink of the week. He did. Um, and on Twitter, on Twitter, oh, on our, Twitter. Good, our good buddy, mm-hmm. Amon Shees, okay. on Gentleman, and also on Twitter, um, he, uh, he, he asked us, hey, if you guys ever had the, uh, the, 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 Brazilian drink known as the the, the caipirinha. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds a little bit more Hispanic than Brazilian. I think. I don't know if I'm doing that right. Yeah, that probably is a terrible maybe way. To say, maybe it's more caipirinha. Caipirinha. Yeah, I don't that know. That sounds Italian. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't anyway, know. we're working on it. It starts with an E or C and ends with an A. Yes, that's pretty much. We got that part down. Right. Ca A. Yeah. Caipirinha. Ca A. Right, and so um, Brian, would you would you would you kind of enlighten us as to what this drink is and how you you concocted it? Yes, yes. I we just we just made this drink, um, made it for the first time. What I did was like I went out and got so I looked up the ingredients of this, and basically it comes down. It's pretty simple. It's basically limes. There's a lot of different variations of it from mm. what I can see, but the the kind of the ones that I the recipes that I were seeing were for lime, uh, a just a fine sugar, white sugar, and. Uh, and some Brazilian rum, basically. Yeah. So I went out and picked up some Brazilian rum. I got some limes and some sugar, and mixed this thing up. Um, so let's 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 test it out. Okay. Ooh, cheers, Brian. Cheers. Mm. Ah, that's, that's not good. bad. That's very good. I like this drink, Brian, because mm. we're kind of in the last throes of summer. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's mm-hmm. blistering hot out there this week. Indeed. Um. A nice limey tropical mm-hmm. kind of oh yeah that yeah. hits a spot that's good um, so the thing about this drink Glenn is that it, it, I looked it up and mm. it was it was originally administered as a treatment for the Spanish flu oh man I, so not only not only is it a refreshing drink but it also will uh, cure nurse, what ails you nurse yeah I, uh, um, I think it's the flu again and apparently the name is derived from uh, the Portuguese equivalent for uh, country bumpkin. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's basically Brazilian yokel. Is yes. Their, so yeah. you're drinking a yokel. Mm-hmm. So wow. anyway, so what? interesting facts. But yeah, this is. I watched Brian make this, so I'm I'm privy to the alcohol content. Mm-hmm. It's very what, low. Yeah. Let me tell you, folks, right now, if you drink this too quickly. Um, we will if I if I drink this too quickly, we will have Podcast another. Over. We'll have another soju all right, <laughs> yeah, on our hands. Yeah, it's soju. Okay, the soju episode. Soju two. If you, if you're not soju part two. If you electric if you, boogaloo. Right. It was number two, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's number two. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, if you're not privy to that, you probably if you've been listening for a while, you, you'll understand. But if you knew basically an it's episode, the, it's the the lost episode, gentlemen. The forgotten episode. The forgotten em- well. It's forgotten because I almost fell asleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, because my brother uh, in uh, South Korea... Sent us soju. Sent us soju, which is the popular drink in South Korea. And we don't really know what's in it. We just know it's popular. Yeah, we couldn't read the label. Right, it's in Korean. And uh, and yada, yada, yada. Glenn fell asleep. I more or less don't recall the rest of the evening. I fell asleep talking. I didn't yeah. know that was possible. Well, anyway, Glenn, that's neither here nor there. That's right. in the past. We banned soju from the Gentleman Podcast. Right. From here on out. So, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, caipirinha. Yeah. 
Speaking um, of fun, this drink is really good. It is, that is good. It turned out pretty well. Thank you, Amo Cheese. Yes, a very good suggestion. We appreciate it. I've never had it before, so it's good to always mm. try something a little different. You know, super popular in Brazil, so... I can know. see why. Yeah. You have one, and you're in... Uh, can you imagine being in Brazil on the beach? No, that Sucking would be... back a couple of these. Couple? Man. No Spanish flu for me. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, look. I'm just... It's precautionary. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to... Mm-hmm. Well... Exactly. Okay, Glenn. Speaking of other tasty, tasty items. Yeah, let's get on with some uh, interesting posts gentleman.com from the last week or so. All right, well, first up, we have our good buddy Zamoose posting mm-hmm. a fantastic, fantastic article on something uh, that we hold very near and dear to us, and that is meat. This is a hidden gem. It is. Uh, and the title is The $10 Meat Mountain, quote, from Arby's. It's exactly what it sounds like. And mm-hmm. this article's from the Washington Post. Essentially, it's talking about Arby's ran a promo. They ran this poster. It's a big poster. It has like just a stack of all these different kinds of meat. You have. So, yeah, so just to... So basically, the, they, were, they were running the poster because they were trying to run, do a marketing campaign that explained that... You know, they're more than just roast beef. Right. So, just to set the stage. Yes, you're right. So, you have you have roast beef, you have chicken, you have ham, you have bacon, all sorts of meats, just in a stack. Mm-hmm. And the company's vice president uh, said that a weird thing started happening. People said, hey, can I have that? And they point to the massive poster of meat, right? And so, they said, would. Uh, well, you can't, you can't order that. That's just a, you know... That's mm-hmm. just a promo. We don't yeah. really have, you know, a stack of meat. Well, it turns out they decided to list it on the menu for $10. Mm-hmm. And it is a laundry list of meats. It yeah. is two chicken tenders, uh, roast turkey, ham, Swiss cheese, corned beef, brisket, steak, cheddar cheese, roast beef, and three half strips of bacon. Mm. I really think they skimped a little on the three half strips of bacon. Yeah, they really kind of... When you're going to go go ahead and make a sandwich of this stature, doing the three half strips of bacon is really kind of right. shortchanging. I mean, just give I guess they got to keep it reasonable. Strips, people. Ten, Ten dollars, you know, you got to keep it. Cut you know, yeah, exactly. But if you're going to cut corners, you can't cut it out of the bacon. No, you don't want to do that. I could, you know, some of that corned beef, you know, all right. So the, the Meat Mountain, as it's called, is not on the official Arby's menu, but you can ask for it and they will serve it to you. So, uh, hmm. if you're a glutton for punishment, you could show up at your local Arby's and ask for the Meat Mountain and tell them Gentleman sent you. <laughs> we were just talking before the show how we should do the uh, Meat Mountain Challenge. Uh, I don't think I can... Some of this looks good and some of it just looks... I The poster looks good, but yeah. you know these like Hardee's commercials? Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. Know, and you see like the burgers on television mm-hmm. and they look really good, but then you show up and it's like slapped together. Yeah. That stuff flying out of it and stuff when you try to take a bite. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Wasn't there like a whole Tumblr or something about food? Yeah, food, food the actual ads versus food, yeah. actual food or something like that, where they they put the two images Man, against each other. If the food actually what looked oh. like it does in the in the posters, it wouldn't cost that little. Oh, it would be amazing. It um, would. I think I had a salad one time that was basically the equivalent of the meat mountain. <laughs> I forgot about that. You remember when we went to that place? Probably. I won't. I won't name it by name because we actually kind of like it, but they kind of the have this one cold cut combo. Yeah, the old the old meat salad. <laughs> Meat Mountain Salad. Glenn ordered a salad. And it sounded good from the description. Yep. But then when it showed up in front of him, it was like a bunch of cold cuts on top, on some like iceberg lettuce. Yeah. This- they're like, oh, quit. We got... What's in the fridge? Uh, uh, salami, uh, bologna. Uh, I mean, it was, maybe the bologna wasn't on there, but uh, some spam. Uh, seriously, it was it was really uh, not. And then you put on like cold lettuce. Uh, man. Not, okay. Never not, again. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe a no to the meat mountain salad, but maybe a yes to the meat mountain challenge, Brian. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll okay. figure it out. All right. Well, well done, Zamoose. This is uh. Yeah. This falls right in line with what. People uh, like on gentlemen. That's true. It's true. Um, it does. It does. Uh, but moving on from the Meat Mountain Challenge mm-hmm. to another mountain is story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this uh, this story was posted by uh, Memphis KC in. Uh, uh, Memphis Casey, you haven't seen him on the podcast before, but uh, welcome. Thanks for posting great stuff to gentleman.com that um, we found really awesome. Yeah, um, I kind of like to know the 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 handle he has there. He he or she, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is 
uh, their first name Memphis or I mean yeah in I, KC because Kansas City's you know just a few I think few I, I would assume it's like his name's KC okay and then okay it's like he's in Memphis I don't know okay anyway Glenn that's neither here nor there it isn't we'll wait to hear from him to get the clarification on that yes. one okay um we'll have a look at the replay the um. <laughs> So this story is about uh, lunch atop a skyscraper photograph. Uh, you guys probably all know this famous photograph. It's been all over the place. It's uh, it's a, it's eleven guys um, when they were building some of the big skyscrapers in New York at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Um, it's eleven guys sitting on a on a construction beam, eight hundred and fifty feet above uh, the ground below, uh, and they are kind of posed to make it look like they're just enjoying lunch. When it, I mean, in fact, it was really a staged photograph, but. These guys were actual workers that worked um, on the buildings themselves, and they did you know walk up and down these beams every day and all this stuff. Um, but anyway, this the story is about th- this guy actually was really curious about this photo because it's all over the place, and he made a documentary film about it that I actually really want to see. That it talks about you know everything they know about the the photo itself, hmm. um, and it was a pretty interesting story behind it. Um, the guy he's from Ireland, and he said he was sitting in a pub. And this photo was sitting to like just on the corner of the bar. It was sitting over there, and he happened to be sitting there. And they were talking about the photo, and uh, somebody had written on the photo in the bar that circled the guy. I, was, I want to say it's either the guy all the way on the right or the guy just to the just to the left of the guy, and yeah. said, "This is my dad." Um, and so he said, like all good Irish bartenders, I I asked him, you know, who had who who wrote this note, and he said, "Oh yeah." I'll just put you in touch with him right now. And so he, like, immediately, like, called the guy up and knew exactly who he was and, like... Seamus! Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, so anyway, so that kind of started this journey to find out about more about this photograph. Um, And he ended up making a movie about the whole, you know, background of the film, or background of the photo. Uh, The first question that he actually answered about the photo was that, is it it real or is it fake? Mm -hmm. A lot of people see it and they say, this this has got to be fake. But it turns out, no, it's really... Uh, it's an actual photo that was taken um, taken 850 feet above the city. Uh, and when I was reading the story, Glenn, I got a, I have a problem with heights. Yeah. If you follow a gentleman podcast that talked about how I have – I get a little bit squeamish around heights. And when I was reading the story and just kind of they were talking about some of the situational things around this, I started to get a little bit like my, – uh, my stomach started to turn a little bit. Seriously. Like I started uh, to feel a little bit dizzy from like just reading about it. Um so it's, a, it's really interesting, an interesting story. I want to check out this film. Uh, I still just don't know. I don't understand how these dudes could sit up on a building like that so nonchalantly. I don't get it. There's that and getting out there. Like, these mm-hmm. guys did just walked on these beams all day long. How do you... Yeah. Maybe they're wider than they look in the picture, but I don't think so. I think you just got to be totally, I mean... Crazy? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, well... I think some people just don't care about heights. You know, they they grab onto something and it doesn't it doesn't phase them. But I, I I watched this kid. So Ken Burns has this. I think it's Ken Burns has this documentary about New York, and it's all about the from the earliest history of New York mm. until modern day. And it's really interesting. He talks about the, some of these crews that built these huge skyscrapers, and it was pretty amazing because like there were a couple of accidents. I mean, some people got hurt. You know. But in the whole time that they did, like, they were building these crazy skyscrapers, which was probably like 15 or 20 years or something like that, there was only like one or two major accidents yeah. that happened. I mean, so most of the people were, you know, were safe. So pretty incredible because, I mean, who knows what kind of guidelines or anything like that. They probably didn't have any guidelines. They were like, well, be careful up there. Yeah. See you later. Don't yeah. get dead. Yeah, exactly. Don't fall off. Well, um, back then, I mean, there was no like, over, you know, there's no OSHA. There's no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they're you know, and these guys, I guess you just have. I mean, I don't know. I guess you just have to have to have been tough minded to do it. I don't know. I, I yeah, I it's, you just have to be crazy. I think. Yeah. The uh, this is a great article by Smithsonian. Though I mean, it, mm-hmm. I like the interact on the second page. If you click through on the second page, there's um, an interactive little. Um, there's like an overlay of the picture. Yeah. You can click on sections and see, like they they highlight how Central Park's in the background and mm. kind of. And it's just interesting how they did that. So that's pretty cool too. Well done, Smithsonian. Yeah, I like it when when uh, educational institutions um, actually get the web right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very refreshing. Yeah, it's a really cool story. I'm gonna check out this film. Um, I can't remember what the name of the film is, but um, golly, why don't I know that? 
Um, oh, you know what? Future Brian. Uh, just insert the name of the film here. Uh, <laughs> oh, I found it, Glenn. The name of that film is... <gasps> Men at Lunch. Oh, that was a good. Yeah, right. yeah, that was, that was a good. Exactly. Um, good I knew. Name. I knew I'd heard it. That was yeah. That heard was of it before. Really well, well chosen name mm-hmm. of the film. <clears throat> um. <laughs> so what do we got next, Glenn? Next we have there's a lot of great stuff this week. Um, there this tack was added by Ben W. We've seen him on here before, I mm-hmm. believe, haven't we? Yes, I think. Um, I, we see him around on the site quite a bit. Uh, it's great, great article from GQ, and it's called "The Strange Tale of the North Pond Hermit." Mm-hmm. And I actually, this this is a long, long article. This is a yeah, it's an epic tale. Yeah, um, there's there's like five pages mm-hmm. in this and GQ, but they have this reporter. Um, so setting this up, I'll try not to give away too much. But basically, there's a hermit who lived in uh, central Maine in the woods for like 30 years mm-hmm. and um, and it was kind of like this he lived kind of near a like a um, uh, a lake community or something like that so it's kind of like a like a summer getaway type yeah, thing yeah summer resort town kind of thing yeah and there's always this, this this lore of this this hermit who lived in the area that could ne- it was kind of like Bigfoot they could never get a photograph of him mm-hmm. uh, they could never you know find him and he would always you know people would find like batteries in their flashlight missing and they would yep. find like random propane tanks, propane tanks random things missing mm-hmm. and anyway finally in 2011 I want to say they yeah. captured him they they installed like a private or they installed a silent um, alarm and alarm motion and, detector yeah in one of the one of the cabins mm-hmm. anyway they finally caught the guy after 30 years and he uh, it, it was a it was a crazy article yeah. basically the GQ writer had um, kind of befriended him. He was he, the, the hermit didn't say anything like in jail, but so the GQ writer decided to write him a letter, and they kind of had this co- pen pal correspondence type thing, and that's kind of where the article grew from. The GQ writer mm-hmm. went to the jail and visited him a few times and got all this, you know, interviewed him, and it's really really interesting. Um, the guy, the hermit, had a really interesting take on life in general. Yeah, it was really. <clears throat> I don't know. It, the, it's interesting because you. He keeps he keeps trying to ask the guy why he did it. Yeah, like, why did he go? So just so just to back up, the guy you find out throughout the article that the guy when he was like twenty years old, he just got in his car mm-hmm. and drove off into a wooded area, and then just got out and started living out there. And just that kept was, walking, and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the whole story. Basically, it was like, and then he never came back. Like ever, and he found a spot that he could. Yeah. It was like perfect. Yeah, and he and this is in Maine, and so, I mean, he said the hardest things were the winter. Mm-hmm. He lived in just a tent, like a normal, like, you know, whatever, like a tent that I don't know if he brought it or, or how he got it, but might have stolen it. But the whole point, the thing is that he was like living outside in the in the winter in Maine, like for whatever, for twenty or thirty years. 20, yeah, it was decades. Ni- it was nineteen eighty six, so um so twenty five so yeah, twenty seven yeah, years. Not quite thirty years. Yeah. So uh I don't know. I mean how how I don't understand how he did he, and he said that he didn't use fires because he was worried that um he would be spotted. So he basically just it, it said in the article that he, he cooked propane and well, he did, but he said that he, in the winter, he would go to bed at 7.30 at night and wake right. up at 2 in the morning. Right. Uh, so as to not be asleep in, like, the coldest part of the night. And then also because at that time, I guess he was saying that, like, your your body, would, like, the, the the sweat from your body would start to freeze. And yeah. that's the part you got to worry about. I don't know, man. The whole thing is crazy. Like, I don't know how. And the thing is, the thing about this article is, like, they ask him, like, repeat, like, why did you do this? And he's just like, I don't know. It's like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it takes a, a very special individual yeah. to want to do this and yeah. to, to follow through for almost thirty years to do mm-hmm. it. Um, he, uh, the thing that gets me is like he took his. It was like his brother's car that got him out yeah. there. Yeah, and he just didn't care and he just left it. Mm-hmm. And like you know, the, the interviewer asked him about his family. It's like, yeah, I saw my brother. I didn't really recognize him. I didn't. Yeah. Know. And then he's like, oh, I'm not gonna let my mom see me in here. And like, he's just yeah. this very detached, like, yeah. super, super detached guy. Yeah. Well, you would be after 30 years. Right. He said he, he he didn't have any human contact except for one time. Yeah. He saw somebody like on a trail, and he said hello to him, and that was the only time he ever talked to another person in 30 years. Yeah. And he actually so. talks about how he had a hard time. 
talking, he's like, I can write better because, you know, but yeah. I, I can't speak because I'm so out of practice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, lots of crazy, interesting yeah. things that happen, you know, and crazy story and, uh, you know, pretty awesome survivalist tale. But they said, like, the downside to it was that as the older he got, the more his body started to feel the, yeah, you know, the years of being out, you know, without anything, you know. I mean, you just you don't have any medical attention. He said his eyesight had gotten so poor that it was very difficult to see. Mm-hmm. It's almost good that they found the guy because you know, in some respects, yeah. I mean, you can't see very well, and, it, and they said that because like his diet, he'd go into people's houses and steal their food. He was stealing junk food. I yeah, mean, they, they, they were stuff t- that would keep. They're t- yeah, they were talking about like marshmallows and chips and stuff like that. You know. And it's like they're saying his, his teeth had rotted out, and yeah. you know. So I mean, probably, I mean, he was just starting to feel the health effects of all this stuff. I mean, you know, without having a doctor around or anything like that, who knows what would have happened to the dude? I mean, you slip and fall down, you break your leg, you're you're done for, you know. So gosh, when I was when I was little, I remember reading a book. I remember reading a book like uh, got Hatchet, Hatchet, My Side of the Mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, all these tales are like kids that went yeah. out of the wilderness and live like one of them lived in a tree and one of them lived you know mm-hmm. and uh it's interesting because when you think of somebody going out into the wilderness and like foraging mm-hmm. think of them like living off the lamb you know mm-hmm. catching fish and yeah. eating wild yeah. berries and this guy's like <laughs> gorging twinkies and like <laughs> yeah. yeah pork and beans anything he can find yeah. you know and it's yeah it's it, it I don't know. I was reading it, and I guess I was just a little sad the whole time. Yeah, it was like the, it wasn't like a. It's not like it's a depressing story. It's really interesting, but I just feel bad for the guy the entire time. Yeah, it's interesting because he talks about how sick he was about breaking into people's houses to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to go and steal stuff. And he said he never got comfortable with that. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting that you bring up the hatchet thing because, I mean, at some certain point, wouldn't you just try to start? actually like living off the land like you know hunting and and trying to fish and you know stuff like that to try to survive i don't know this guy it doesn't sound like it just doesn't sound like he really cared about humanity in general yeah you know kind of just wanted to be not humanity people he just didn't want anything to do with people yeah and so he (laughs) no no no. i i I agree i i just think i think the funniest or not the funniest the the most interesting part of this article for me was like the 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 reporter tries to you know connect yeah. the dots between these different things and uh, asks him about Thoreau because I, I mean that's the first person you think of when you think about you know think about Walden and mm-hmm. his you know Thoreau's kind of thing about living in the woods and all right that. and uh, the guy just you know brushes him brushes Thoreau off and calls him a dilettante yeah you know? like he's just uh, he's a poser. He, yeah, he's a yeah, he's a poser. Because uh, he did it for like a summer or something, or he did it for a year. Well, he did it for however long. But he's he, his point was like, if you're really, uh, you know, if you're really of that mindset, you don't write books about it. Oh, that's you right. Know? Yeah, if, if you're, you're really, really a hermit, you don't. Right. You don't write books about it. You don't talk about it. You just go and do it. You yeah, know? My experiences are my own. And yeah. I'm not gonna exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Would it be interesting if somebody one uh, commentator and gentleman talked about how it kind of smells like a book deal. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I, which given if you read the article, like yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of sounds like he would, it would abhor him to. Yeah, sounds like it. He just sounds again, like he's off on his own. But then again, the judge's ruling, he has to go live with his mother mm-hmm. and not live in the. Who woods. he hasn't right not live now, son. Yeah, you, you no can run go outside. Stay <laughs> yeah. in the fence. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Well, anyway, I hope the guy kind of... It's got to be hard to come back into... Like, he doesn't even know what the internet is. It'd, it'd be like Shawshank Redemption when Morgan Freeman's character goes out and he's like, permission to take a leak, boss? And he's like, you don't have to tell me to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the same, you yeah. know. He did yeah. say in the article that he has to catch up on everything. 30 years. It's like when Austin Powers... <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's exactly like that. Like, yeah. I mean, you have to... Oh, you know. Mr. Powers, my job is to acclimatize you to the 90s. You know, a lot's changed since 1967. No doubt, no, but as long as people are still having promiscuous sex with many anonymous partners without protection, while at the same time experimenting with mind-expanding drugs in a consequence-free environment, I'll be sound as a pound. We landed on the moon! Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he said, like, the, the reason why he knew when... 
he started was because of Chernobyl. He said that they asked right. him how long he's been doing this, and he's like, I don't know. He's like, when was Chernobyl? 1986. Okay, that's that's when I that's the first summer I came up here. You know, so I don't know. He was he was definitely bought bought into the idea of being there for his entire life. Mm-hmm. But it didn't quite. He said the only time he was gonna leave is if he's forced out of there, and he, otherwise he's gonna die there. Yeah. So anyway, he got forced out of there. We'll see what happens. I hope he I hope he's able to kind of re reintegrate. You know, I don't think he ever really was part of society. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just never really. Yeah. Kind of dance to his own. It almost seems like there's got to be more to the story. Like he doesn't want to kind of come through with stuff, but it seems like you know why would you? It just it, I can't I can't fathom. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I can't fathom why he would do that. Some people are just wired. You yeah. know, funny. True. True. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Okay, so we'll see what happens with uh, with the hermit. What's his name? Um, I don't. We don't need to know. His we name. don't even know his name, and we don't <laughs> the, need to know it. The hermit. The north. The north. Maybe. Maybe we could get him to become a gentleman member. Maybe we could help him. You know, get you back know, into I'm, society. I'm not too fond of this uh, internet thing. Yeah. Just I have found one website. <laughs> Hold on. Let me fire up DOS. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should send him an account. See if. Well, oh, oh, oh! Maybe he'll write us. Yeah. I maybe mean, he's a fan the of the box. Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe we'll... four four two three zero five. Yeah, right, Brian. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Okay, well, moving on. All right, uh, this is a little m- more lighthearted. Lighthearted, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, okay, I'll talk about it. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, this one's a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, it's added. Oh, crap! It's added by me, Brian. Glenn, that's a that's an oversight. Mm. Whoops. You know, I just get in the flow of looking for content to add. All right, well. It's neither here nor there. Gentleman user Glenn. Mm. Anyway, uh, this wonderful, wonderful tack. Well, was, I don't know how great this one is. This w- maybe above average it's, link uh, yeah. uh, is from CNET, and mm-hmm. it's titled Salmon Cannon Fires 40 Fish a Minute. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what bumpkin wrote that title. Right. Oh, wait, that was me. Mm. Anyway, this is actually... Pretty awesome. Um, the uh, <laughs> the lead into the scene article starts out. It sounds like something out of a Monty Python, but the salmon cannon is actually an ingenious solution to problems with fish migration. Mm-hmm. And basically, this company um, had figured out a way to transport fruit really quickly across distances. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they're like, "You know what? Transporting fruit is great, but you know what's better? Transporting fish mm-hmm. and shooting it out." Into the ocean okay. or wherever they're shooting. Uh, looks like other lakes or things like that. But basically, <sighs> they uh, this company who has an awesome name called Rouge Innovations. Okay, yeah, uh, developed a method of gently and quickly transporting fruit, which they then used later and adapted to transport fish. Mm-hmm. But apparently, the fish shoot out forty a minute, which is one you know every one point something seconds. And it will. I don't know. I was trying to find. I was trying to see how far they sh- how how far it will mm. shoot them out. I don't know. Probably not very far because they don't want to hurt the fish and they can't be in the uh, air very long because they right. They get only about the the water for a couple seconds. I think is what they, they said. It, yeah, and it's they, it shoots them out at a clip of eleven to twenty two yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, so, that's pretty. It's a pretty. It's pretty good. sizable. Yeah. Um. This is this is interesting. I, I just watched this. There's this movie that just came out. Um, it's uh, narrated by John C. Riley. Uh, it's a Disney movie, and it's called and it's called Bears. Okay? Really? Yeah. And it's all all it is is this. Uh, Wait, is it animated? No. Okay. It's, lot, it's it all it is is this camera crew, basically like uh, filmed uh, uh, brown bears. Uh, I want to say, oh gosh, I don't know where it was at. I want to say it was in Alaska. I'm not yeah, sure. That's a probably good candidate. Anyway, they they filmed brown bears over a year's time, and their journey from the mountains to mm. um, to kind of like uh, trying to feed themselves for hibernation and then back up. And it was like a, a mother bear and her two cubs. Okay. Okay. And part of the whole thing is the fact that they have to feed on salmon. Yep. And it was the this hunt that they had to they had to basically like fight other bears to survive because every bear is trying to do the same thing which is like load up on enough 
fish so that when they go up and hibernate, they'll be able to survive the winter. Um, so they actually showed some of the some footage of salmon swimming upstream. It's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, the the fish were it, the bears were following the fish. The, the the fish were like trying to jump over rocks and stuff like that to get. Out. It was <laughs> yeah. it was pretty incredible. Uh, but the I don't reason, want no trouble. Yeah, but the reason th- <laughs> the the reason behind this, like, the, and it makes sense, is that basically, like, when somebody creates a dam or they create some kind of uh, man-made uh, obstacle, this causes a problem for salmon that are trying to get back to oh. uh, spawn, and so they need some way to get over the obstacle. And so what this does is it provides a way to like basically allow them to continue their journey because apparently salmon um, return to the place where they were spawned, yeah, in order to uh, spawn themselves, yeah. So, um, so yeah, if they can't do that, then the you know obviously populations die out eventually because. Yep. They can't get back to where they need to go to do it, and you know whatever. So, um, and they can't get eaten by bears. So, right. um, you know, bears can't. Yeah, go back and hibernate. <clears throat> exactly, and then bears die, and then aliens take over, and you know, et cetera, huh. et cetera. Interesting. So, <clears throat> anyway, I think the most interesting part would be hearing John C. Riley. It made it weird. The John you're just C. Riley waiting for the joke, right? Yeah, the John C. Riley part was weird. They also, I, I have to say about this movie that. It was weird because they tried to make it like they were they like gave the bears names and they were like, you know, Tatonka's you know, like what well, it was it made it so it was uncomfortable. It it should have been more like David Attenborough and less like, you know, Brady Bunch or something. I don't know. Wow. They gave all the bears names. And they like gave him like dialogue, like John C. Riley was like voicing the thing, the things that they'd be saying while hey, they're doing. You guys want to go to the river? Yeah, exactly. That's how. Seriously? It was. Yeah. It wow. Was, it was too cheeseball for me, man. Mm. I couldn't do it. Um, but you know what is not cheeseball? The salmon cannon. No. That actually serves a good purpose, and it shoots uh, salmon exactly where they need to go. I would like to see a reality show that incorporates that into like like American Gladiators. You know, like they mm, had the, the uh, salmon gun. They, yeah, they had like the I forget the names of the actual cannons. That they oh, had. right, it was right, like right, Nerf, right. basically Nerf. Yeah, cannons. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a uh, I think a salmon cannon. Salmon cannon. That would, could uh, that could that could throw some people off. It could, you know, very well throw some people off, especially somebody like Peta. That would, <laughs> yeah. they would not. Be Let me get this straight. Just so long as we're straight here, yeah. you want to use live fish as an obstacle and uh, to to shoot at people. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I, I could actually maybe even understand that one. Yeah, maybe. well, I don't know. Hmm. It's all in good fun. <laughs> the salmon love it. <laughs> I wish I had a salmon cannon to shoot you with right now, Glenn. Forty fish. Per I one. wish you did too. Eleven miles an hour. I would run around the room. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that would be gentlemen uh, retreat. <laughs> maybe uh, in this, Russia. Apparently. Yeah. Well, we'd have to nope. find <laughs> anything uh, goes. Mm. Uh, anyway, sorry, Peta. We're not uh, nope. condoning that in any Love way. Love animals. No, we do. And we I have a dog. Appreciate them. I just watched Bears. I just watched Disney's Bears. He, he sat through a John C. Riley na- narrated Bears movie. Exactly. Brian loves so, animals. I, I love animals. It's great. You know, never hurt them. No. Um, so, oh, uh, Sondland for, uh, well, we, oh, we're going to, with the, okay. Okay, well, here's the thing. I think... Uh, Brian, if, if memory if memory uh, serves mm-hmm. in the order, natural order of the show, it is time for the uh, hot button topic. topic. And we're gonna do a very uh, a very special. I, okay, I was at a gas station yesterday. Okay, okay, and I'm just minding my business, ready to check out, and mm-hmm. I, I glance over, and what do I spy? Nothing but a little child, a walk down childhood. Walked, I walked out memory lane. Well, the Caiprina's kicking in. They walked out memory lane, and it is Big League Chew, my friends. Mm. And I thought to myself, you know what the podcast self, needs? Yes, you know what this needs? Big League Chew. So yeah. I figured we're gonna bust some out mm-hmm. for the uh, for the hot button topic, so mm-hmm. we can we can get. Oops, oops there's some, a little bit over there. Chew fell on the ground. <clears throat> um, oops, that probably come to the carpet. Right? Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. No, okay, there we go. go. There it. All right. All right. So anyway, Brian and I will will uh, have a heated this uh, debate debate with uh, with a, a chaw of bubble gum in our mouth. Man, these, these just pouches, like little league. I feel like these pouches have gotten smaller. I 
feel like they used to be huge. Or you're just bigger. Yeah, maybe. I could. Bar- I remember barely fitting one of these in my back pocket. It was like all in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I guess if it's stuck, it's uh, mm. all okay. Mm-hmm. Brian. Yeah. Now we have a bigly too. Right. <coughs> wow. I remember the powdery stuff in there. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody out there knows what big league chew is, right? Mm. It's it's gum. It's gum. Mm-hmm. And very loose gum. It's supposed to be like <laughs> you know the major leaguers. I, I still can't believe. It. <laughs> trying to swallow it. <laughs> I still can't believe this still exists. Probably shouldn't. It's uh, it's 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 a. It's a facsimile of of chewing tobacco in bubblegum form. I remember having this as a kid, and I loved it. Especially yeah. the grape flavor. Mm-hmm. The grape flavor is my go-to. That's my bad, by the way. Uh, grape was there. I couldn't remember what was good. I like the bubblegum flavor, too. Um, mm. That's but good. Not holding together. The first <laughs> When Glenn first said he got some Big League Chew, my first question was, they still make that? Mm-hmm. I thought there was no way. There's mm-hmm. no way they still make that. It seems so... It's like the salmon gun. It's not politically correct. You know what I mean? Man. You know what's not politically correct? <laughs> the ingredients in this thing. I'm looking at the back. <laughs> okay. First ingredient, sugar. Mm. Second ingredient, gum base. That makes sense. Okay. Third ingredient, corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Fourth ingredient, glycerol. Now it's got the whole... Uh, contains aspartame. Contains phenylalanine. There's like no redeeming quality to this. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. The serving size on this, I was like, oh, it's only took two grams of sugar in it. The serving size on this is eight pieces. <laughs> we just about ate 80. Yeah. Or more than a handful. Much. I think my, yeah, mm. it was at least 80. This may have been one of the worst ideas I've ever had. It's not bad. I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm taking a well, trip down memory lane here. I think general um, uh, good, good policy if you have a, a show where people need to listen to you is to put something in your mouth you have to chew while exactly. you talk. Mm-hmm. Or drink. That improves it. Okay, well, anyway. All right, Glenn. Hot button topic, Brian. Hot button topic. Hot button. Outside of uh, Big League Chew, which... It's really just not holding together while my mouth. Yeah, I know. Foam. Yeah. I'm like half swallowing it. Like Mr. Ed over here. We've got <laughs> peanut butter in our gums. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Glenn, the hot button topic this week, we're going to talk about... This was actually something that somebody posted to gentleman.com, and not just somebody. Mm-hmm. Razorback mm-hmm. posted this to gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. Valued, valued, valued member of the gentleman community. Mm-hmm. I can't say valued enough times to underscore how valued. We've been through thick and Razorback. thin. Yeah, Razorback, yeah, we have. Um, wow. And this is uh, this is an interesting article. I actually, <coughs> as soon as I saw this, I, uh, I I read through it. I sent it over to Laura. Um, and a couple of my buddies and stuff like that, because I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I was talking about the value of a hundred dollars in each state. Mm-hmm. Um, so this 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 article, it's a, it, I don't even know what the the tax foundation. I don't even know what the tax foundation is. Um, but the point is, they took a bunch of economic data from all the different states, and they boiled down, you know, relatively a hundred dollars. What will it buy you in every state? And they kind of they show in the Midwest basically it's like the Midwest and the South sort of uh, have the most buying power across all the states. <laughs> I'm just trying to chew this thing so it'll hold together. Mm-hmm. Nice holding together. You just kind of tuck it. You actually treat yeah. it like chaw. Oh man. Well, you know you gotta here win in Rome. Win in win in the big leagues. That's right. Give a spitter. Give a spitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bing. <laughs> um, Sorry. <clears throat> the, the the basic point of it is that states with high incomes, so you look at the New Yorks, the Californias, they, they tend to have higher price levels. Um, and so even though you know, you're know you making more money on paper, you're, mm-hmm. the, the stuff that you need to live basically is costing you way more. So, you know, your, your value or what you're getting for your, for your money, even though you're making more money is, is much less, less. Mm-hmm. Um, and this hits home for us because, you know, being in Kansas, um, I know that, like, I grew up here in Kansas, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I've had the opportunity to, I've thought about, I've considered, you know, moving to these kind of big metropolis areas because, well, I mean, I'm a web developer mm-hmm. and the jobs are, that's where a lot of the jobs, that's where people go. That's what, that's what kind of is seen as, 
you know, the, the cool way to go make it in the industry is to go out to San Francisco, to go to New York, um, and stuff like that. And I, I, I did kind of doubt, like I started looking at that for a while. Um, and then after kind of like thinking that through, I kind of came to the same conclusion that this article does, which is like, you know, everything is becoming more decentralized. Uh, why, why would you go move someplace where you've got to pay, you know, three times the amount for, you know, the things that you need to live on? Um, housing prices are more expensive. Right. Everything's more expensive. Every single possible thing is more expensive. Um, you know, why would you go do that when you could, you know, make more money here and not have to deal with the higher prices? You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think just looking at the map, it's kind of like um, the, th- the thing that just sticks out of me right away is that mm-hmm. wherever there are lots of people, your dollar makes a lot less. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, um, New York, obviously, basically the whole, you know, well, the, the New York City. New York City, New Jersey. Miami. I mean, it's basically where there's mm-hmm. lots of people, you earn less money. Yep. Or your money goes less. Less far, yeah. As Not as... Ugh. Grammar is hard. It is hard, especially mm-hmm. with big league chew. Exactly. Certainly it's not making anything any easier. Like. Nope. Brian, do we, how do we spit this out? I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to swallow it because I know it's in it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll also, just stay there for years. Yeah. It'll stay there for seven years. You know. Um, that's what I heard too. I wonder if that's we that's should not snope real. that. It yeah. has to be. No, it's not. <laughs> um. So anyway, pretty interesting. Interesting article. Um. You know, the flip side of that is that you know. People from California, New York, all these places, you know, metropolitan areas and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, the reason why prices are so expensive is because people want to live there. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people want to live there. And so there's, there's got to be a lot of really good, you know, redeeming qualities to that. I love living in Kansas. I like having, you know, gentlemen headquartered here and, you know, everything that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great place. It's a great environment. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. And the fact that, you know, economically it makes so much sense doesn't hurt at all. You right. You know what I mean? So. Well, and for what we do, like it's all decentralized mm-hmm. anyway, right? Yep. I mean, we've worked, I mean, I've worked with people that live, you know, in um, everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, all over the world. And mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. I mean, it is sometimes a little frustrating when you're working and people are sleeping. Right. But like, you know, a time's are two or three away. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Yeah. And so. It's also interesting too how, as a freelancer, what people will be willing to pay you. Like if you have mm-hmm. a client, say who's in New York or right. in San Francisco, right? Um, you know, right. and living in the Midwest, mm-hmm. you know, you you still make the same amount, but your cost of living is much less. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. All interesting points, Brian. I think. Yeah. Um, gosh, do you think people are gonna appreciate this very much? Maybe that's a bad way to look at this. I'm trying to think of a hot button topic, right? This is uh, this is gonna rattle some people. I think I, I think that I think the hot button topic of this is just like the people that live in New York, and I mean the article even says like, <laughs> you know, uh, average real incomes in Kansas are higher than in New York, despite the fact that New Yorkers have higher incomes as measured in dollars. Yeah. Um. So I mean I don't know I. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's much cheaper to live here. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you talk to a New Yorker, they'd probably say, well, why would you want to live in Kansas? You right. Know? So, Hey, that's fine. I could give you a laundry list. My response, why. my response to that would be, that's fine. Stay in New York. Yeah. Stay. But I do love New York. Yes, I do. And I can see why somebody would love to live in New York, even though it's really high priced. Because it's a it's a fantastic town, and I, I yeah. really it's like my favorite city in the world. Yep. So I really dig that place, and I can see why it's super expensive to live there. Sure. Because it's a great I mean it's a great town. It's always always bustling, always going. You know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyway, I was a little surprised by Texas. I figured that would be. I've you know I've been to San Antonio quite a bit. I've mm-hmm. been to Austin quite a bit. Yeah, and I figured it would be um, more expensive than it was, and it actually isn't. It's not too bad. No. Yeah, and Texas is a good. I mean, Austin's a cool town. Um, I've been to Fort Worth, and yeah, I haven't been to San Antonio, but I'll check that out at some point. 
Man, I got the West Texas even. There's a couple of yeah. pockets of expense yeah. going on there. Well, I don't know. Okay. Panhandle. So anyway. Well, I guess there's not... I mean, what's the takeaway from this, Glenn? Takeaway. Move, move to Kansas if you're cool. <laughs> if you're not... Or Mississippi or Arkansas. Or... Yep. Yeah. If you're not, really, if, yeah. stay away. Stay Enjoy stay, your big city. Enjoy your coast. Exactly. Enjoy Enjoy your, that beach. Yep. I don't know. It's funny because I think we... I think... Not not to belabor the point here, Brian. But I feel like where we live like is actually... It's kind of the best of both worlds because we do have a major metropolitan area, you know, yep. 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. But we also have, you know, and I think where we, in Lawrence, there's lots of great, um, you know, it's small, it's what, what, what 90,000? Mm-hmm. Right, right. 9,000. There's like tons of awesome restaurants. Yep. Tons of, you know, we get great concerts that roll through. The music mm-hmm. scene is actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I think... From a like a metropolitan standpoint, you know you're not going to have massive parks like you know Central Park, and you're not right. going to have that. But but uh, there's still a lot of interesting stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't know I yeah. I'm never bored in the area. That's yeah. for sure. It's true. So anyway, yeah. so we won't be moving the uh, Brisky headquarters out to um, Silicon Valley anytime soon. I take it. No. Okay. No. All right. Well, that's right. <laughs> Maybe next time, Brian. Maybe next time. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll stay in Kansas for the foreseeable future. Yeah. For for the record, I had to um, discard my big league chew. I kept oh. uh, kept coughing. Mm-hmm. I kept choking on it. It was like falling apart. Man, the ten year old self of you would not be pleased with you. Spending no, that. no, no. He wouldn't. But I didn't also have to like talk on the I'm microphone. I'm taking this home, man. I'm taking it home. How about I just leave? What do you, how many more servings do you have? About 16. 35. Yeah. Uh, big league chew there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe not my best idea ever, but... Well, you know, you got to try stuff, man. Okay. And, you know, you got you to gotta keep trying with stuff and see what happens. See what sticks. Um, so, Glenn, it's time for the... Uh, it's time for the end of the episode. It's time for the final segment of the episode. Final it's segment. It's time for the gentleman mailbag. I know. The questions from the gentleman mailbag. Um, students are back in town. Students are back in town. Spring is in the mail. air. Spring is... Fall? Uh, fa- oh, the fall. Other, the fall other is season. in the air. Yeah. I'm blaming the caipirinha. Yeah, exactly. Caipirinha. Um, caipirinha. So... Right. Oh, where am I going with this? Right, yeah. the mailbag is getting fuller. Right, mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. people are starting to you know come back from their summer vacations, yep. settle down, go back to school. Right. They listen to the gentleman podcast, right? And they're like L- writing oh, us letters. Yeah, they got the I got yeah. the pen out. They're writing us letters. And um, this question, Glenn, is uh, it's a very poignant one. You know, speaking of oh man, um, big league itself. shoes yeah. um, and other things. What is your your favorite toy you had when you were growing up? I had two. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. One was an, a He-Man action figure, right? Okay. But, so he kind of did the swivel thing at the, you know, mm-hmm. the arms. He had like a... Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Axe, yeah, right? Yeah. And it had like these massive legs and everything. Mm-hmm. But on his chest plate, he had this thing where if you hit it, it like spun and it showed like a, like a, like a, like a cut. Right. Okay. Then you hit it again, and it showed two cuts. Oh. You hit it again, it showed three cuts. Wow. And then you'd wind it back, and it'd be good again. So there really wasn't a whole lot. I mean, kids today would 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 you know scoff at the mm-hmm. the simplicity of this. It's mm-hmm. probably for a toddler, and I probably had it till I was you know seventeen. Right. But I um, no. But yeah, it was. There was one of my. I don't know why it was my. But I just liked the concept of like hitting it and it changed. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other my other favorite toy was this little tiny, gosh, what was the name of the brand? It's like one of those handheld like eight bit games. Oh, um, it was okay. baseball. And it had oh, two yeah, two buttons. Yeah, did you have this? I remember which one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. All right, one was to swing, and one was to run, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I still don't understand how you could field. Uh. Maybe you just played offense. I don't know. I think it was just offense. It had to have been. I think so. Because it was like painted on the... Wasn't it like painted on the glass and then you like... Yeah. It was like a little figurine in there that yeah. was like, yeah. 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 It was... Uh, yeah. I love that thing. I probably wore it out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, played it forever. Yeah, loved it. What about you? That you know that reminds me of He Man. He Man was a big one. I had I had those. Um, I had that action figure thing and a bunch of He Man stuff. Um, but I remembered that when you're talking about that video game. Yeah, I had one too that was oh, like yeah. it predated. You know all the handheld video games they have now. Back in the day, you'd have to buy right. The video game was the system. I right, mean, you'd have a video game system. It was like a self-contained. You bought one game, and that was a system. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I had some. I want to say it was like a almost like a Space Invaders type thing oh, or something. Oh, nice. And I played the heck out of that thing. Um, was it where you're stationary at the bottom and you go like horizontally and you shoot things above you? Man, or? I can't remember. It's been too long, but I remember just playing playing all the time. And I mean, <laughs> you only have one game. Right. You know, there's not like you can put a new cartridge in or anything like that. So you're stuck with that game and right. you play it a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I played it so much I don't even remember which, what, it, what the premise of it was exactly. But I was just... It was weird because while you're you're describing that, it was kind of like slowly floating back in my mind (laughs) that I spent hours as a kid doing that. And I totally, you know. uh, Mine, the one that really, I was trying to think. I had a bunch of cool toys when I was a kid. You know, my parents probably spoiled me and bought me all kinds of stuff, you know. Right. But the one I remember, the ones I remember the most are Transformers. Uh, When I was growing up. um, Oh, yeah. The original Transformers, before all the movies and everything like that. There was a television animated series of Transformers. Exactly. And they made cool toys that, you know, were like the actual Transformers. And this really appealed to me as a young kid because it was, I don't know, I thought it was really cool that you could take a car and... Yeah. I mean, and hats off to the people that designed these toys because they like, you know... They were intricate. They were intricate. They they would have been hard to design, like a a car that changes into a robot and, you know, all that stuff. So anyway, but I remember when I was a kid... Uh, we didn't have a lot of places to go to like toy stores and stuff like that or whatever. So we would like take a like family trip once every six months or something to like Topeka. Okay. Which is like Topeka is like the capital city of Kansas. And don't go visit. Don't go visit. Don't go visit. Don't go to Topeka. There are some interesting places in Topeka, but as a general, as a whole. When I was a kid, the most interesting place to go there was the mall. Right. Because they had a store where you could get Transformers that you couldn't get in Manhattan. And I remember <laughs> going as a kid, I was so pumped to go. Like, I had saved my allowance up or something. And it was like, we were going on this trip. And I was like, I'm, I want to get this one, you know, specific Transformer. I can't find it anywhere in Manhattan. I has to, I have to find, you know, I have to get it. Yeah. And it was like the biggest deal when I got it. And I still remember, I still remember it. It was like a little red car. <laughs> it had something to do with Optimus Prime. Like it oh. wasn't like Optimus Prime. It was like Optimus Prime's son or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. Optimus Spawn. It was something. It was like a little red sports car thing. But I remember huh. when I found it, and I was like smitten. You know, <laughs> like I, you know, I freaked out about it, and so I was so excited about it. It's amazing, like how, <laughs> you know, it was probably it probably cost. I don't know, 20 bucks or something like that. And yeah. I thought it was like the biggest deal in the world to get it. You know, I thought it was really cool. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, I remember the Transformers a lot. That was probably the majority of them. But I had all kinds of, I mean, I had all kinds of toys, you know. All the little action figures, G.I. Joe, Star Wars. Man. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just climbed a lot of trees. Man, I was, I, I had the, I had all the action figures. I was <laughs> planning out wars and, you know. <laughs> Nice. So that, that's probably my favorite, the Transformers. Nice. That'd be my go-to. And they're still popular today, Glenn. They you are. Know? Michael Bay way, made yeah. a bunch of money off them. <laughs> Though Optimus Prime, the voice is still the same guy. Mm. So who does the voice of Optimus Prime? I have no idea. Oh. I just know it's the same, same guy. dude. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, now we've had our big league shoes. A Caprinas. A Caprinas. Um. Interesting juxtaposition. Those We've two. delved into salmon guns. Salmon guns. Um, I'm still, I still got my big league shoe going. <laughs> I can't let it go, man. I, I can. Well, it wasn't a matter of can I. It's, it, it just did. It, it fell had apart. To go. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Okay, Glenn. This was episode 23. 23. Yeah. Starting to get long in the tooth. We are. Yeah. More ways than one. <laughs> now, so we're, we're at episode 23. 
Yes. Next week, Glenn. Mm-hmm. College football season right. starting up. Very right. excited about this. Right. So next week we're going to have some college football themed stuff that we're going to talk about. Okay. I'm excited about that. Okay. I'm looking forward a little to little it. Teaser for next week. Big start to the football season on Thursday. Our podcast is going to be on Friday, so season kicks off. We'll be able to predate all the Saturday games. That's to right. Prognosticate predictions. We'll have know, plenty predictions from the gentleman mailbag, maybe. Ooh. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. Maybe getting ahead of myself here. Okay. But anyway, Glenn, that was the episode that was uh, episode twenty three of the Gentleman Podcast. I'm already looking forward to episode twenty four. As am I. Um, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. And we will see you for episode twenty four. Good night, guys. Stay away from Big League Chew. <laughs> Enjoy Big League Chew. It's delicious. <laughs> Just don't do a podcast and, and do Big League. Right. Chew. So it was seriously like. Like, it was like going down the back of my throat while simultaneously staying in the front of my mouth. It's like, keep it together, man. It's the Mr. Ed syndrome, man. Yeah, I could tell you're you're um, 